0: Hey there beautiful soul fam. Welcome to a brand new episode of Ceremony Circle Podcast. I am your host, shaman and author Allison Charles. Ah, just taking a nice deep breath. I hope all of you are doing well. For me, it has been an incredibly intense and interesting and transformational last few weeks. So much has happened. I woke up to a text on one of the days uh, finding out that my mom was being rushed to the hospital to have emergency surgery, and thankfully, she is out of intensive care unit and improving and doing much better now, and then not long after I got that news, I was informed, oof, Yeah, even saying it out loud in this way for the first time feels really big, so just bear with me. Wow. Yeah, I feel a lot of currents of emotion as I'm about to share this, but I found out that um, the incredible illustrator who created all 100 animal art pieces for my book, Animal Power... Found out that he passed away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, incredibly heartbreaking to get that news in general. But he, on top of that, you know, was only 30 years old and one of Brazil's most treasured and respected artists. Oh, goodness, it was just such a deep experience. And I feel I'll share more fully about it. In an upcoming episode but just a little bit of context for now, Uh, when I was looking for an artist, it was obviously a really important piece for my book because it's a living, breathing altar of a book. It's a very powerful and potent medicine and shamanic book. And so the artist needed to be of a very very specific caliber and uh, you know work with energetics in a very particular way because of everything I shared because it's a living breathing energetic book I needed the artist to be able to have the animals be a true embodiment of all the teachings and medicine attributes that I share about in the book. And the first second that I saw this artist, whose name is William Santiago, the first time I saw his art, I just, I knew he was the one instantly. And then after feeling that knowingness, I then quickly realized, wow, by the two of us coming together to birth this, Big potent creation out into the world, we would be doing our part in a very powerful way to activate the eagle and condor prophecy. And you can, you know, read about that. It's a very ancient prophecy, but in a nutshell, it's about the energies of the north uniting and coming together with the energies of the south in a loving and uniting way to assist in birthing the new earth and new consciousness paradigms here. So with William being based in the Southern Hemisphere in Brazil and me being up here in the North, it just was so clear to me that that was another big layer to our collaboration on the Animal Power book. So, oh goodness. So yes, he uh, passed away at only 30 from uh, complications of COVID and so now, obviously, my book takes on a whole new unexpected meaning and life and mission with his passing and just knowing that um, the animal illustrations within the book were his very last artistic creations while incarnated this lifetime here. And it just want his great legacy and teachings through his art and his spirit to live on in a very powerful and beautiful way. Just taking a moment now to honor him, and I'm dedicating this episode to him. And it was interesting when my publisher asked if I had any words that I wanted to share about William to be placed in the book. I knew instantly that I did, and they began to download in. So I went outside, and while I was sitting on the balcony writing my honoring passage to William for the book, a huge hawk flew just over my head. And as it was flying over my head, I know that it was a messenger for William, and I heard the words freedom. And so, uh, like I said, there are a lot of teachings and a lot of layers, a lot of power and uh, beauty held within this uh, occurrence, and I'll share more in depth about it, but I did want to take a moment to share honestly and vulnerably about what has been going on in my life and to take a moment to honor William. And this really is such a beautiful episode to dedicate to him. If you watched my stories recently on Instagram, you can find me there at I am Charles. you saw me spell casting at home with a rune witch and psychic medium named Chloe Elger. She brought over candles and herbs and anointing oils and rattles and songs and we were intention carving, aka spelling, on the candles. And it's a very uh, involved and complex and beautiful and fun and playful practice to do this spell casting. Uh, we share all about it in the episode. You watch the flames dance and move. And once all the candles burn down, you read the wax and get additional messages. I had so much fun doing it. So today we talk all about my personal spellcasting session and how to quote unquote properly spellcast. We dive into what a rune witch is and obviously also dive into what runes are. Super epic information shared there. How there are different types of witches just as there are different types of shamans. And this was one of my favorite topics, the witch wound. What it is, why so many of us have it, how to heal it and how you can have your very own spellcasting session with Chloe. And as Chloe shares a lot of powerful stories about how her evolutionary path has worked with letting all of these different spiritual skills develop and expand, how her witchy initiations worked, how she has kept going forward and healing things from her past, like a severe eating disorder. Within all of that, there is a lot of empowering and supportive information for all of you. So I'm sure you'll take a lot of gems home with you. And we dive into listener questions. We open the opportunities on my Instagram. And oftentimes with guests, I say, hey, if you have a question for this guest in the comment section, leave what it is, and perhaps yours will be chosen. And that's what we did for today's episode. So Chloe gives a few selected ones a psychic reading and a rune reading. And you know the signature ending to every Ceremony Circle episode is a ceremonial session that is provided by the guest. And this one is one of my all-time favorites. So get ready to get witchy with us in a practice called toning that awakens your mind, body, spirit, soul connection. It's so, all right, soul fam, let's gather around the Good Witch Cauldron for this epic and beautiful ceremony circle ride. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, thank you, my witchy sister, for joining me. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Oh my goodness, I was reflecting. Um, you know, Luke, after you came over to our house and we did all the all the spell casting, he was like, "How do you know her?" And I was just sharing how, for some reason, many years ago, and. I just remember seeing you either liking photos on Instagram, or maybe you sent me a DM one time, but I just remembered you for some reason. And then I happened to see a mutual friend. I think she was celebrating her birthday, Vanessa. She lives here. Yeah. And I met her on one of my trips to Miami back when they used to live in Miami. Right. And you were in that birthday picture. (laughs) And I was like, huh? And then I clicked over to your profile and it said Austin, Texas. And I was like, oh my God, she lives here now. That's awesome. And so all those little dots just started to click in and connect. And I just knew that uh, it was time. It was time for us to finally meet and chat and get really witchy.
1: I love that. And you know, it's so funny because like a week before you reached out to me, because I am getting ready to launch my book. And I was like, who would I want to chat about? what's going on right now? And you popped into my head and I was like, huh, that could be kind of cool. But I just left it. And then you messaged me and I was like, (laughs) okay,
0: here we go. I guess
1: we're supposed to chat. And I think I reached out to you. Yeah. Like two years ago or messaged you when you were doing your animal. Yes. You were doing like a,
0: all the journeys.
1: Well, you would be like, uh, you know, comment and I'll give you an animal.
0: Oh, got it. And I was
1: like, oh, cool. Like I'm all about the animal energy. So I was so, and that was when I think you mentioned a seal to me. And at the time it really resonated. And so, yeah,
0: Oh, the delightful seals, they're good relationship medicine. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So yes, we have a lot of (laughs) territory to cover and I'm just going to tune in because I'd map out a flow, but let me just see if they're instructing me to not go in that particular flow. One second. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. They're happy with the flow I designated. Nice. So I will first start by saying I really enjoyed our time together when you came over to our house and I already had the sense you know, which is why I reached out that you are just really integrated and just very authentic with your work. And it was so nice for us to drop in and for me to witness you like yeah. just totally landed and grounded and all that you are and what you do. And, you know, it just re-solidified the real dealness that you are.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Thank and you. so I also love because I'm also very multifaceted. I mean, we all are every single one of us. It's just, I think, a matter of how much we let ourselves explore into our multi-dimensionality and all of our multi-talents that we all incarnate with. And I can tell that you and I have both really committed to continuous expansion and understanding of what all we can become mm-hmm. or remember. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you are a psychic medium, along with being a rune witch, and I'm sure a lot more. <laughs> but that's what we you put on your Instagram, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> we'll start with those two cuz you know those are those are two big things. They are. You know, and uh so let's start with the mediumship. Mm-hmm. And I was curious when you became aware of the gifts and I know oftentimes for those of us who have these abilities we have them i mean of course we incarnate with them mm-hmm. and we have them but sometimes because it's just who we are we don't realize oh these are gifts that maybe not everyone has or that not everyone has opened up so mm-hmm. when did you start to put it together that you had some abilities that were a little unique right so
1: when i was really young it was it was extremely obvious but it, it was so obvious that it was Really uncomfortable and really um, traumatizing for me. So, growing up as a little girl, I would constantly—I felt like I was constantly being bombarded by energies. So I would see things and feel things, and but n- no idea what what was going on at all, right? So I had like extremely bad, like my night times were the worst. Like I barely ever slept and. Because so always, many
0: spirits coming to you? Yeah, I would
1: have, uh, like going to sleep. It was like whenever I knew that nighttime was coming, I would be like, oh God, right? Mm-hmm. It would always, it, every single night was like a a journey, but it was very lonely. I just always felt so, yeah, alone and misunderstood. So And
0: where were you living when this was happening?
1: So I was born in Calgary, Canada. And when I was four, we moved, our family moved to Malaysia My dad uh, works in the oil and gas industry. So he kind of moved us over there. He followed his uh, work path. And so we moved to Malaysia. And that was a pretty intense move for our family because my parents are both British. They met in England. And then when my mom was pregnant with me, she moved to Calgary, which is already pretty different to England because it's like, and they moved in February. So it was like extreme winter, Mm. right? So she had that sort of like almost uh solo mom and like lifestyle because my dad was constantly traveling and then when I was four we got uprooted again to Malaysia which is even more different to England again no community dad traveling all the time so I and my mom is also uh really intuitive she's like a she's an art and music teacher she's always been into spirituality when I was really young uh from the age of like 4 on my mom has always been going to india or australia or thailand for spiritual retreats and following gurus
0: so because she these are not unknown worlds for her did she ever ask you growing up you know because i i feel that i will be able to be a mom this lifetime yeah and being so tapped into the other realms and the gifts at this point in my life, I'm going to be so curious, you know, when Luke and I incarnate this wonderful soul, I'm going to probably be looking out, you know, like because he's a spiritual teacher too. And so was she ever curious or did she inquire with you about your gifts?
1: So I think she always had a feeling about it, but her own gifts have, were not integrated at all. Mm. And she was dealing with a lot of, um, insecurity and never feeling safe, like having left family, following her husband, him not being there to bait little kids. She there, it was like, she didn't have the space. I to see because even... she's
0: already trying to hold so much. So like <sighs> opening up this whole other infinite portal of like, Are you seeing spirits? That (laughs) would probably feel very overwhelming. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: I had an experience when I was, I write about this in my book when I was about six, because I think it was around first grade where I was getting ready for school, sitting on my bedroom floor and kind of, you know, every day was the same. We'd get up. My mom would wake us up. She would go in the kitchen to make breakfast and then she would call us to come have breakfast. And then we go down to the school bus. So I'm sitting on my uh, bedroom floor tying my shoelaces and all of a sudden my shoelaces felt so heavy. It was like a I was in a tunnel of energy and, and everything just felt like all of the elements and everything I was experiencing heightened Hmm. to the point that the shoelaces felt like massive weights. And then when I heard my mom call my name, it sounded, even though she was in the kitchen, which was, you know, three rooms away, it sounded like she was yelling in my ear. And I just remember being so terrified, like what? I had no idea what was going on.
0: Were your gifts like coming more on board online? That's
1: pretty much, I never told anyone for years. And this has kind of been a quality of mine is that I've always had this sort of, you know, it's like that survivor independent energy of like, I'm going to take care of this on my own. And I think it was partly because I always felt that my mom was so overwhelmed that, and we, my brother and I saw her struggling so often and we didn't, our dad was not really there. So it was like, I I don't want to put this on mom. I'm just going to deal with the fact that this is happening so that experience continued to happen over and over again up until uh university in different like it would happen every every so every uh, like every month or every six months it was not there was no like you know measured pattern around when it would happen the only thing that i did notice is that in middle school i developed eating disorders and i had pretty extreme eating disorders for like 12, 12 years. And throughout that time that stopped, which, which Mm. I found pretty interesting. And I, I look back at my eating disorders now and whenever I work with people that I used to work with people that had eating disorders because I um, became a holistic nutritionist. And I started to notice that eating disorders are a really great way to control energy and emotion because it's like instead of feeling what you're feeling, let's focus on the physical body. That's the vessel that you're feeling it through, and mm. control it. Mm. So I always I say like if you're struggling and you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't understand it, going on going to the store and you see like eating disorders on the shelf and it's like great way to control how you feel and to push it down. I'd be like yeah, that's great. I'm gonna buy that. You know, so yeah, it, it's interesting that 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 during that time that stopped. And then when I started to heal, it started again for a little bit.
0: Yeah. I'm reflecting because I remember it's more of a feeling, you know, well, I I guess I do, I would have some specific stories, but there's so much more. I just want to keep talking with you about, so I don't know that I want to share my stories, but I was aware, especially there's a big one when I was 10 years old of my power and like the force that I am. I really started to understand it more. So my gifts were more alive when I was younger, but then when I really went into, you know, suppress, distract to not have them come to not have my gifts and power come online and on board more was through distracting through a previous relationship and like just fixating using the rescuer archetype to focus on all of his, you know, all of his stuff. And, um, you know, the codependency and just, you know, uh giving away my power to allow the relationship to survive. And that's really where there was a lull for me with right. my abilities. And so that's interesting how we can go in just different directions to push down or Um, silence. Yeah. To distract, to silence, to silence the true gifts that we have inside of us. That's interesting. Yeah. So, okay. And so you're aware as a little girl, you're not really into nighttime because of all the spirits coming to you. When did you start to become less scared of the visits and start to commune with the visitors in a way that you enjoyed? Right. So, when I was, so I started, I
1: moved to Vancouver for university. I basically just got through university and then I became drawn to holistic nutrition. And that was when things started to open up for me because I started to heal, right? I was healing my body, but by healing my body, everything I noticed, like things started to make sense and I started to notice connections and pretty much like the whole world just started looking differently for me and all of this stuff that I had been carrying was beginning to, yeah, it was beginning to make sense and feel less like a burden. So I ended up meeting a medical intuitive because I was, had really intense uh, menstrual cramps Mm. and she was a doctor who was also a medical intuitive. So I actually went to her for the cramps and then we, you know, we sat together and she closed her eyes, right? So I'm with a doctor and she closes her eyes and she's like, let me check in. <laughs> I'm like, what is she doing? <laughs> right. And then she's like, okay, there's three different paths that we can that you can take here. And so she offered like the the traditional medical path, the eastern path, the eastern medicine path, and then like a more alternative path as well. And I was just like, I remember that quick like 30 minute consult and just walked out being like, what? What just happened? Like I'm not really sure what's going on here. So basically she was in the middle of transitioning her work and becoming more of a medical intuitive. So I ended up working with her kind of spread out, but over the course of three years. And that's when I started to like things started to develop to develop more and more. Mm -hmm. And basically for about four to five years I was dancing with that energy of like being with her and healing and seeing things from a different place and opening up my gifts and then also kind of like not and then distracting and you know partaking in some some ways of stepping away from it so yeah a couple years in between that time I uh got married moved to Dubai met my husband Ferris got married, we ended up moving back to North America and we were in Bali for, for Christmas one year. And we're like, I'm like on the back of his motorbike, you know, uh, just enjoying the rice patties and soaking the sun. And I had this massive feeling of like, you need to go to your family ranch in February. Mm -hmm. So we, our family have a ranch in the Rockies in Alberta. We've had it since, um, I was 12 and it's always been like my oasis. It's been the place that I've loved. It's where we have horses. And it was like, I didn't enjoy my life in Malaysia a lot because I was suffering and going through so many things. So whenever we'd go in the summer to Canada, to this ranch, it was just like my safe place. It was somewhere that I just felt so at home. So I'm in Bali and I get this message, like, you need to go to the ranch. And I was like, what? Like, why am I craving winter when I'm in the sun? Right. It was kind of like a, it was just such a random thought. So I ended up going and I spent two weeks. I was like, okay, I'm going to go for two weeks by myself. And it really is in the middle of nowhere, very dark, very isolated. And we've always had this feeling that it's a really, the land is really spiritually active, right? Um, I mean, Banff, which is where we're 45 minutes from it is a, is a vortex. And so the energy is just, I mean, I think that there's a lot of violence that's happened on that land. It's just, there's so much going on there where our house is built (laughs) and there's horses and all the wild animals, right? So I get to the house at, in the afternoon and I walk in the door. And as I close the door, I immediately felt like all of these beings were at the front door. (laughs) And I was like, oh no, what have I done? Yes, Right? It was like, this might not be the right best idea. So basically it was like a two week immersion or initiation into mediumship, the darkness, my ancestors. And basically it was like daytime. I would Get, be like, okay, I can do this. I can be here.
0: You'd build up your strength again. Yeah, yeah. And The and, night would start and to come. The sun
1: would start to, to set and I'd be like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is a bad idea. I want to run off the property. Exactly. And it would be, every night was, was an ordeal. It was mm. like me facing my fears, my yeah, childhood memories yes, exactly. being brought forward. And there were so many moments where I was like, I could just go. Like I could leave and go back. And I just knew,
0: no, you have to stay. You can't go. Yes. And as I mean, that is truly the vast majority of the time when we begin to devote and commit to the hero's journey and aligning with our particular sole purpose and mission and calling, the vast majority of the time we we have to walk through these yeah. fires and walk through these rites of passage and experience these initiations because if we didn't we wouldn't unlock our full capacity and potential and yeah. abilities you know and so it's it's oftentimes not the most fun <laughs>
1: no it's not <laughs>
0: But like you said, it's that deeper abdomen, soul anchored knowingness mm-hmm. inside of you, and sometimes it's just a subtle pulse of that deep knowingness that h- allows you to keep holding the line and allows you to stay and. Am- in the house on the ranch for those two full weeks because that was the download that you got. And there's that deeper part of you that knows it needs to adhere to that instruction because you can sense that there's something for you on the other side. And Mm -hmm. yet in the midst of that, you're spending two weeks just going through. I'm picturing you. I can see (laughs) visions. And it's like, it was a wild bucking bronco of an adventure. Yeah,
1: it really was. It was like, I mean, that's actually when I started writing my book was, and it was five years ago to now five and a half years ago, but that was when I, so basically I got through it because all day I would write and just spend time with the horses and walk the land with my dog, Ollie. And then every night me and Ollie would sit with the darkness and I didn't sleep. I barely slept because there were, there were, there were so many beings in the house. It was my ancestors. It were, it was beings from the land. It was like, you know, it's like when you turn your light on and all of a sudden they're all like, Oh my God, she knows who she is. And we all need to talk to her. And that was very much the experience. It really was like, they were all at the door and they were all like, and at that point I hadn't learned boundaries. I hadn't, I was still very in fear. Like So, yeah, let's
0: talk about that exactly, because I think that would be of service for the listeners, you know, because I'm sure there's at least a handful uh, tuning in that are familiar with some like they're just like, oh, I think that this is in me or I've had similar experiences. So how did you start to navigate and find your way by thrusting yourself into that learning and into that real life education Mm of the boundaries and one thing that i also want us to touch on i really want us to dive fully into the education of darkness yeah and one of the nodules within that is is there darkness that we should be slightly frightened of is there a, a a thread of darkness that we should be mindful of protection around or is it truly darkness is just something like you, we had talked about when you came over that, and especially in our society over here in the U S that's just, it's unfamiliar grounds it's portrayed as scary. And so people have a tendency of just turning away from it. So I do want us to dive into that category of things, but for you, when all the ancestors and, you know, guardians of the land and elders were coming to you. What were some of those conversations like and how did you start to learn to say, okay, I need you to leave now?
1: Yeah. Well, I tend to be quite intense. I I tend to be quite intense in how things, and I feel like you are too. So I think there's like a resonance there. It's like, I'm all I'm all in or all out sort of energy. And I'm also really clairsentient. So when I connect to something, I do tend to experience it completely. Mm. And as again, as a kid, that was very intense. And as an adult, it's something that I have learned about myself. And I I've learned that I have to be very present to what I engage with and choose, because as soon as I engage with it, I know I'm I know it's in my space.
0: Can you give one example of when you say, you know, when you engage with it, like what's one example of what it right. is?
1: Well, it's like any even like thinking about something. Mm. Whenever I think about, like even with what's happening in the world right now, if I spend too much time engaging with one part of what's occurring, like let's say the, a fear story, I know that it, that can become something that really can take, take me over mm-hmm. in terms of the way that I experience it. It's like when I watch a movie, I see my, I become, I see myself in the movie, Got it. you know, so for me, and as a kid, my mom always told me, don't watch scary movies, don't watch scary movies, don't watch scary movies. And, you know, of course I watched scary movies, which was the worst idea for me because that just further exaggerated all of what I was experiencing because all of a sudden, all of those things that I saw in the scary movies were in my room. Do you know, does that make sense? Yes. So uh, that's like, it's like whenever I'm choosing to be with something, I have to be sent. I want to be centered and in myself because I do know that part of who I am is that it does tend to be something that is brought into my life quite quickly. Mm -hmm. It's like, I guess in the human, human design, I'm a manifester. So it's kind of that sort of like very fast energy of bringing something forward.
0: That's interesting. Wow. So yeah, you really had to learn then. And I also can understand why it was so intense and perhaps terrorizing at times Mm -hmm. before you learned how to navigate. So do you run into situations where being spirits come a knocking and because I would guess your compass is pretty strong at this point can you sense like I just don't have the bandwidth for this being right now or if it feels dark and you just are not in the place where you have the energy to be with that level capacity of dark right now do you is there something you say or is there a door you shut and say right. like come back later? Right. Gone to lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I think that with anything, when we're first working with it, it takes more conscious practice to learn how to integrate it and have it become something that just happens naturally. Yeah. So when I first so after the ranch experience, right, it was like, wow, this is intense. And A couple things continued to happen after that where it was very clear that I needed to do some work. Like I needed to learn how to, what, I needed to learn to work with my fear and actually look at why am I scared? Like, what is this? Why is this so scary for me? Why is this something that I feel powerless around?
0: Yeah, not in your power. Yeah, because that was what
1: would happen. I would immediately just complete, like, I would go back to my childhood self and be like, I have to hide I don't have a choice. And that was one of the biggest ones was like, I felt like I had no choice. Uh It was like, this is happening. And it's interesting because when we were living in Malaysia, we were robbed one night and the robber only came into my bedroom. And I remember I was awake. I was in a bunk bed and I was awake and I remember uh, hearing something and I thought it was my brother's friend. So I was about to be like, Jesse, what are you doing? And then I realized it wasn't. and, And I just like, lay down and put the blanket over my head. And like, because that's what I did pretty much every night because I always felt like there were things in my room. Mm. Right. So it's like that sort of fearless or fearful, powerless experience of like, I can't do anything about this. This is just happening. And I have to pretty much like wait for it to stop happening.
0: Wow. You've had to really do a complete 180 with all of this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. And I needed to bring people into my life that could hold that for me and teach me, mm-hmm. um, that were really embodied. So I ended up working with someone that I've that beca- has become a very good friend.
0: Is this the redhead?
1: Who's the The, redhead? I
0: read part of your book and who is that redheaded teacher lady that taught you about the darkness?
1: Oh, that's Ingrid. So So that's
0: somebody else.
1: That's yeah, so she's the rune woman. Okay, Um, we
0: can get to her. We'll talk about her. She's great. I was like, Oh, I want to talk about this lady. Well,
1: Ingrid is what is the teacher who has who Basically, yeah, she integrated my relationship with the dark and with the runes. Okay, can't wait. Um, And Lynette Brown is who I started working with after the medical intuitive, who's Dr. Divi. And Lynette really helped me to like get into my power and learn a lot of different ways of how to, you know, how to do that in daily life, etc. But I then was like, no, I need to work with this mediumship thing because that was something that was the most charged for me, like psychic work. For some reason, it was just like, oh yeah, this is easy. I can do this. This is not really, this isn't anything that I haven't already been doing. Mediumship was a bit more of a, a bridge for me. And that was because of that, the fear.
0: So can you explain to listeners the The difference? difference? Yeah. So
1: I, I think that Everyone has different definitions. For me, I see Give us the Chloe version. Cool, perfect. So I see psychic as perceiving energy. So when we're working, when we're working with psychic energy, we're connecting to the psychic mind. Right. And we're connecting to all of the different energies that are present and we're perceiving.
0: So when I say a million times during episodes, let me just feel into that. Yeah. I'm feeling into the psychic field. Yes,
1: exactly. And mediumship is when you're acting as a channel between another energetic source and you're being a channel for that information.
0: And like that other energetic source, when you are being a medium, do you ever start to sound more like that other being?
1: No, I don't. I don't. That's uh, like body mediumship or body or physical channeling, Yes, physical physical mediumship. No, that doesn't, that doesn't happen for me. Not yet at least, but I mean, who knows? (laughs) Things change, right? But for me with mediumship, the Part that felt the most difficult was with psychic work, it felt like it was on my terms because mm-hmm. you could choose whether you were tuning into something. Whereas with mediumship, it felt like I had no choice because all of a sudden, all of these beings wanted to work with me. Does that make sense? Yes. And so it was like, ah, like, whereas with psychic work, I could be like, you know, book a session. This is when I'm available. Got
0: it. Okay, so yeah, I think the listeners are okay. So I mean, some so I'm sure are clear around it, but yeah. Um.
1: So I ended up having, I ended up finding a woman and I did a three month mediumship course with, which was really helpful because it was it, basically the whole time was about me working with this fear and just touching this energy because I, I don't think it was about mediumship, just the actual interaction with that but it was more so um, past life stuff right. it was the my actual memories and my own perception of what was going on in that experience
0: yeah and learning to trust yourself which you know is a huge part of any of these yeah. spiritual paths yeah learning to trust so okay i'm going <laughs> to tune in I love it. for a second i want to see cuz i feel like there's a question that's trying to come through When did you start to give your first mediumship reading, like official, like, I'm taking a client on, trusting myself enough? Yeah. So
1: after I did that mediumship mentorship, I started doing mediumship readings. I would just do like 30-minute readings. And what I found was that I enjoyed it more when mediumship was more of an integrated Gift that was part of a whole experience rather than just doing mediumship readings. So I did those mediumship readings for like about six months and it was fun and it was interesting and it felt really in service because I was helping people to connect to their loved ones and giving messages. But my feeling was like, I want to go deeper. I don't want to just give people the messages. Mm
0: -hmm. I want to
1: talk about what that means and why they're, why they need that. Why do they, why do they need that validation that their loved one is okay? Why do they, do you know what I mean? That's. Yeah.
0: Like true integration. Yes. Which I'm so, yeah, I love that you're touching on that. I didn't know that that was, um, that came up as such an important piece for you. Yeah. So, okay. So, and, and, and I also want to note, uh, to all of our soul fam tuning in with us, sitting with us that, This, again, oftentimes your stories are such a good, clear example of how the path works. Because also for me, when I started to get instructions, when it became clear that I'm a shaman and it became clear how my shamanism was to function, I, yes, I freaked out at first, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Check that box with a Sharpie. And, um, then I was like, okay, you know, um, I'm going to go with this and what do you have for me? And I would be given these instructions to like the first event I ever did in New York city. Shout out to Namaste bookshop in Manhattan. Shut up. Yeah. (laughs) I love them. Uh, and it was a chakra clearing event. And it's just, it's so funny to look back at these beginning processes because you learn so much. And that's the whole point, mm-hmm. you know, is to have your six month of pure mediumship readings to understand, oh, for me and my true full calling, I need to build in this whole aspect. I need to bring in this thread of this. And it was, and and so I just, you know, for those who, have opened the the gateway to walking this path. If perhaps you're in those areas, you have to just keep walking through and yeah. learning and evolving and trusting. It's just all a part of the process. For sure. You just keep getting informed through doing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It can be, can feel very intense and chaotic and scary for a while. Like there Indeed. was definitely two, two years when I was living in Vancouver where I had dove headfirst into everything and I had um, made friends with another medium who was more. She had been doing it for longer than I, and we ended up creating an event series called The Witchery, which was like a witch's dinner, which was so cool because yeah, it was I'm inspired like, oh, by this uh place that I went to in Edinburgh, Scotland, just a couple of months prior for Christmas. And it's a it's at the Edinburgh Castle, and it's a it's a hotel and a restaurant, but it's created in memory of the witches who were burned mm. um, in Scotland mm. so that experience from for me was very intense my husband was like are we should we be here right now yeah. <laughs> for dinner but so we ended up creating this dinner series where we both did individual readings and group readings and it became so popular so quickly selling out like we would do like 20 tickets for the night because it was intimate and so we ended up deciding to do a massive one for Sawen. Mm-hmm. and we booked out this beautiful um, town hall in Vancouver and it was like 250 people and we and so you know it was like I was in and it was intense and I was just going, rolling with it. But yeah, it was, it was like learning, learning. I learned so much during that time. Mm-hmm. I learned what I liked, what I didn't like, what worked, what didn't work. So yeah. Yeah. It can be intense.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so speaking of, maybe uh, now it's a perfect segue to start to thread in uh, you being a rune witch. Yeah. And so (laughs) when did that awareness start to come in of that also being a core truth of yours and building it into your repertoire? Right. So the word
1: witch, the name witch is something that has been in my awareness For my whole life because my mom has this, she's given me permission to share this before. So I I wrote about it in the book, but she has this really massive birthmark that's across her, the left side of her face and it covers the whole top of her face. And it's something that she had since she was little and, you know, she's covered it up her whole life with makeup. But I always, she would always tell me that when she ever did any readings with any mediums or anything, they would tell her that it was because she had been branded in a mm. previous lifetime. So I, you know, she would tell me that when I was younger, right? So this consciousness around that part of what that experience is and what that word represents was something that I, I was always present to and was always really curious about. And so it's like when I started doing psychic work and then I went to the witchery and all of these stories really resonated with me. There was something that was like pulling me in and during that time I did go through quite a few past life healings where I had seen all sorts of different experiences that were around sort of the witch story.
0: Hey Soul Fam, I wanna take a moment to let you know about one of my favorite brands and products on the entire planet. It's called Lotus Way. They are my go-to flower essence and flower elixir company, and they are making today's episode possible. Lotus Way picks the most incredible plants and flowers by hand from the wild in special gardens all around the world. And then they work with the chi or the life force from said plants and flowers and incorporate them into a range of epic options. And I know you guys will be into this everything from elixirs that you ingest orally, bath salts, aura mists, and sprays, so much more. I've personally been working with the Infinite Love Anointing Oil a lot lately. One of my main intentions this year is to continue to open my capabilities to be unconditionally loving. Even to those who may lash out in pain, say hurtful things, or challenging to deal with, I still want to hold that embodiment of love. And this anointing oil has truly been supporting me in this growth. I love it so much. So anytime I feel my heart closing down, or if my heart already feels open and I simply want to have it expand even more, I rub a little bit of the oil into my heart center or anywhere else I feel called. Sometimes I put it on my third eye, my wrists. I inhale a little bit of that love medicine into my heart, and it really gets me recentered centered and clear. Ah, can you imagine if the whole world did this? It would be a uh, very different place. They have a huge range of options. I can't wait for you to explore it. Everything from enhancing joy, abundance, wisdom, embodiment, energy protection, fearlessness, and so much more. You can check all of it out at www.lotusway.com. That's wwwl You can use code MYSTIC at checkout. It will get you 15% off. And remember I mentioned their Aura Mist. That's another one of my favorites. I've been using the Radiant Energy Aura Mist. It has Palo Santo oil on it. It's very effective. Use it anytime you just wanna cleanse your energy field. It's been a game changer. Can't wait to see what you guys love. Let me know what you get. Well, let's talk about what it is then because that, I do have that here because I also had a really profound experience. It was actually during a shamanic breath work, uh, Anahata Ananda. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She lives in Sedona and she calls her form of it shaman-gelic breath work. And so, yeah. And so when Luke and I were in Sedona, we hung out with her a lot and she guided us together. And that was, I've always also resonated deeply with which mm-hmm. witch anything. I'm I, I'm like, I know this. Yes. And uh yeah, it's just not my full, you know, it's for me this lifetime, it's very it's shamanism. Yeah. So all that being said, when we started to voyage in this breath work, I was specifically taken the entire journey was me watching myself burning at the stake. So I was like a witness in the audience. Mm -hmm. And I saw myself, I looked somewhat similar to what I do this lifetime. And um, I saw myself up on the stage platform, whatever you call it. And and I literally, I, I watched myself in the flames burning. And I could remember, I tuned in so clearly to the thoughts I was having, the feelings I was having. And I just remember... So clearly, one of the most profound moments of that journey was looking out into the crowd and seeing people who I thought were my friends Friends. yeah, and seeing. And yet, so I was heartbroken and felt betrayed. Yet at the same time, while burning, I had this understanding that if they didn't present as such, Mm -hmm. then they Would be next, perhaps, to burn. Right. Right. So it's like they had to pretend, like, yes, you know, gone with her, so that they to protect themselves, so they wouldn't be looked at as closely. And the other thing I remember, and it correlated so much to certain thought patterns that I have this lifetime, and it's around how do they not get this? How do they not see that I was love? How could they misunderstand? That the pure and powerful me was anything other than pure and love and that whole distortion of which is being whatever evil bad dark sorcerers right. and um right. and just feeling that resentment of how could they not Get who I am. I'm just love, right? And it was it was such a life changing past life journey for me. So I don't know if you're willing to share one of yours. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, that's intense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We chatted about this a little bit last week, but it's like when you witness past lives, it can be so intense because. I always think about when we watch move, you know, when you watch a movie and the story feels so familiar and it's like, there's something about this that resonates or relates. And I think that I remember, I think it was Lisa Lister who wrote the book, Witch.
0: I know the name.
1: Yeah. She's from England. I had a podcast a couple of years ago and we did an interview together about it. And she's, she was talking about how all women have a memory of, of the witch consciousness and the witch story. And
0: some people refer to that as the witch wound where, yeah. you know, in past lives, you know, or many more than one past lives, we were killed or burned for- being. being. Yeah, for being. Being who we are. Yeah, just being actually a regular human spiritual being. Yes. And yeah, and then carrying those those residues and those, those fear memories into other lives. And that does hold a lot of people back from especially when the itch or the conjuring of that just true normal medicine starts to bubble up because of the past life fears and the witch wound, it tends for some people to want to collapse and shut down because they remember they died the last time they did that. They yeah. opened up. Yeah, exactly.
1: So for me, the one that's sticking out in my mind is actually when I was doing the mediumship mentorship and it was towards the end I was going to do reading practice readings with her and she was like no we need to do something else today and I'll, and so we did a healing and in it they showed me uh basically I was a witch oracle for a ru- like a ruler of you know a, ca- a town a village
0: do you know what part of the world I f-
1: it was somewhere in Europe okay yeah And so basically this, the, the king had, you know, hired me and kept me to basically give him information about everything. And so one of his
0: prized, esteemed consultants. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) And basically what happened is that one of the times I had given information that wasn't completely accurate Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: that the whole village was, you know, raped, raped and rampaged and I was hung for it. So, and it's interesting because for me in this lifetime, it really resonates because whenever this is something that I've had to work with a lot, but whenever I feel like I'm my, for what I do is being used for performance or someone's like, there's a, it's like a, there's a line of performance. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, no, I, I'm, it it really Mm. triggers me.
0: I get it. And mark in your brain where you're at and, and yeah. telling that story. And it, for those who have listened to, I believe it was episode two with, um, hypnotist and past life regressioner Yuri Lee, I, and that journey, I saw myself as a ruler in Egypt and a decision that I made cost the lives of like hundreds of thousands of people. Right. And I, until that session, had carried that extreme fear of being such an outward facing public figure, teacher, right, and having power. Yeah. And um, I finally, in that session, was able to connect. So your story is so similar. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, it can be so scary when you are responsible. And uh, then you got to somehow extract that out so you can do what you're supposed to do this lifetime. Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, and, and that it really feeds into that fear that a lot of people work with when they start to work with psychic um, practices or any or mediumship or anything, right? It's like the fear of being wrong, right, is so huge. Like anytime I am mentoring someone and building their gifts, when they start doing readings, that the fear mind is so loud and it's like, it's it can take over. It's like, what will happen if I'm wrong mm-hmm. or if what I tell them doesn't land or resonate? Mm-hmm. And then it kind of brings in this whole fear of, of that. What can be used in a way that is like, I'd say impactful is when we talk about, when we talk about the real deal and we say like, this person's a real deal because there's so many different, ways that people's gifts are, gifts are used. And I think sometimes with like mediumship, there's a mainstream way that we understand how mediums work. And Mm -hmm. if, if, and so people like this happens literally every time, anytime I work with someone who's developing their gifts, they start to go into comparison and they're like, well, but I didn't get it. It's not happening the way that it happens for you. Or, you know, just all the or that TV show, things. that features, yes. the media. I didn't do it this way, <laughs> yeah. or it didn't come through my bo- my voice didn't change, or and that can be so detrimental, and it's connected to this whole aspect of like what happens if I'm wrong. And for me, in my in my case with that experience, it was like, well, if I'm wrong, then a whole village is going to be burned and pillaged and I'm going to be hung.
0: There's a lot at stake here. Yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) And it's like, that's something that in this lifetime really has to be worked with. Because first of all, I, for me, I, I believe that you can't be wrong because once you've set the intention and you're being in service, whatever you get, is something. Yes. And it just might not
0: be what the person is expecting. A hundred percent. I'm going to rattle to that. (laughs) Nice. So glad you said that because I was going to say that. And that's where you have to just be in surrender and trust that, you know, I have my own invocations and prayers that I do before any tuning in, especially for someone else. And yeah, that's where you have to get out of the way and the ego has to take a firm seat Um, Yeah, because when you're sharing things that, yes, it's like not what the person wanted to hear or the example you shared, how maybe what you're saying isn't resonating at first, yeah. but you're just like, this is clearly what's coming through. So you have to trust in that. And there has definitely been times where I've had people circle back to me months, months later, or years yeah. later and be like, oh my God, <laughs> I finally understood what you told me three years ago. Yeah. And that's where you have to trust and surrender.
1: Absolutely. And it's, it's a huge, it's a great life practice. Mm-hmm. I, that's one of the things that I'm so grateful for with the work that I do is that it teaches me so much about how to be a human and how to stand my ground. I mean, it, it ripples into all areas mm-hmm. because you, you know, you do have to trust what you get and it, it's not always, the people aren't going to always like you for that.
0: Absolutely. The amount of times
1: where I finish a reading or a session and people are like,
0: Okay, well, thanks for nothing and you know when they leave, you're like, never going to see that person again. Yeah,
1: but then they're the ones that like three, yeah, three months, six months, a year later, they're like, hey, <laughs> and you're like, okay. So it is like that trust piece with, hmm. and when the, you know, with energy, we all were so unique in terms of how we work with, receive, understand, feel energy. And so, you know, you could say something that is so different to what another psychic or medium or a shaman said, but it it's it's going to be through your own transcription. Yes. And a lot of the time, like there is, the more you lean in and trust, there's something, there's a nuance in it that does resonate with that person. Yeah. But if you don't trust it, you'll miss that. Right. You'll miss that little piece that like unlocks it for them.
0: Yeah. And I love that you touched on, because I have it right here different types of witches, just as every shaman is different, Nice, you know, because truly, if you lined up 2000 witches and 2000 shamans, every single one is different. Yeah. There might be some parallels, connections, but we are the intricacies of our light bodies and karmas and missions and the way in which, you know, so many shamans I know it is not their instruction to do the work publicly, outwardly. Right. They, you know, are more in remote locations and work maybe more one-on-one. Mine is the 180 opposite. I don't really ever work one-on-one unless I someone reaches out and I can tell I'm supposed to. Right. Mine is mass transmissions and mine, which oftentimes is, feels totally barf inducing, is completely <laughs> front-facing. Right. And completely having to put myself out there despite whatever. What's going to come. So, yeah. and you know, and I, and I love that witches are the same. And so can you explain on your Instagram bio, it says Rune Witch. And that really spoke to me. And I was like, I, I didn't really know why. So what is a Rune Witch and what are the the bag of tricks <laughs> that you have the here? The swimsuit
1: bag? Yeah. So for me, when I think about witches, I always think about the earth. Mm. and a connection to the earth so you know there's there's that like there's a, I always think about like apothecaries and like herbs and plants and how people that identify as a witch there tend to be in tune with the cycles and the seasons and there's like um, a connection to the I guess the history of of what that what the word represents
0: and the elements yeah and, yeah
1: yeah it's i mean i love it because from uh, since i was little i've always been i would always say like i prefer animals to humans my, my husband's like you gotta change that I'm like trying <laughs> but it's like i've always just been so obsessed I can relate. Yeah, yeah my book
0: animal power is yes. coming out october 27th <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no get it in there plug it in there okay. um so, yeah, so for me the the connection to earth is just something that has always been so a massive part of me. And so the witch aspect allows me to do that with more, I guess, confidence and roots because I can feel that there's there's a lot behind it in terms of ancestors and the, the cultures and the traditions and the stories. Like when you connect to the word, witch, it's, it's such a big deep word and Mm. there's so much that goes into it. And Mm -hmm. I, I love anything that feels rich. Like Mm -hmm. I, when it, when something feels deep, I'm very drawn to it. Like I'm, I'm going there. So the runes um, were, Scattered around me for a couple years, they'd pop in and out with different people that I would do readings with or my mom had a set of runes, but they were they were just kind of like around, you know, kind of like the behind the scenes or decoration. Um, And then they started getting louder about three years ago. um, And I started to I mean, they, they began to speak to me. I started to see them around me in different what like you know, in the walls or in the trees there'd be like I'd see the inscript the symbols of the runes. So um, basically a year and a half ago, Lynette and I both got connected to Ingrid, this amazing woman who lives in um, Oregon and she is Swedish. She's like 70 plus has she has like beautiful wild, amazing hair. And she's the rune woman and she lives and breathes the runes. Mm. Like the runes are, she's tattooed, like completely covered in runes. She drives a Harley. Like she's very much like the So Nordic.
0: to Ingrid.
1: She's fantastic. I love her. Um, yeah. Her name is Ingrid Kincaid. She, you, she does classes. She's wonderful. She has a really beautiful, she's got two really beautiful books. One is called The Runes Revealed, which I love. And she writes, beautiful poems about the runes too. So we went and did a intensive in Sedona oh. with Ingrid.
0: <laughs> wow, I can't even imagine like, oh. what that was like.
1: Yeah. And it was intense. And that was when my my relationship with darkness integrated too, because, you know, we weren't really, we weren't really sure what to expect. And Ingrid is all about the dark, all about the runes. And so, you know, I really met the runes during that intensive. So the runes are, they're like the symbols and signatures that of these beings. A lot of people see them as divination tools. Mm. Um, depends on who
0: you speak to. Could you pull a few out? A
1: hundred percent. So the I brought these ones today because these are, are beautiful. made from wood by this guy who collects wood um, from his travels and then inscribes the runes on them. Gorgeous. So, So the symbols are basically like, if you were to see my signature, Mm. like Chloe Elgar, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's Chloe Elgar, right? So this is Stan, for instance. But by seeing my signature, Chloe Elgar, you don't know anything about me, right? You're just like, "Oh, that's a nice signature." Actually,
0: I think I might be able oh, to figure it <laughs>
1: out. Well, depends unless you are yeah. <laughs> deeply intuitive, then maybe you immediately know everything. But you don't know, actually you won't know everything still. So you might perceive things, Absolutely. right? But we can't know no. everything about Absolutely. anyone based on especially just based on their symbols. Even even like us meeting, we've met I know a bit about you. You know a bit about me, but we don't know everything. So, right, right? Yeah. You're like, right. Well, I'm gonna try to. <laughs> so tune in. Yeah. So with the runes, they are in the in Nordic in the Nordic lore. They are the beings that they work with. They represent the beings. So there's the Elder Futhark is the set of 24, and they're kind of the original set. And then there is actually several others that are representative of the giants mm. which we kind of talked about yeah. how a lot of people see the elder futhark set which is the set of 24 and the story is that Odin reached the god Odin reached into the well and discovered the runes and that was the that was the beginning of the runes and then people like Ingrid who is just fantastic comes in and she goes well what where were the runes before who like how did the runes get in the well you know what did they put themselves in there like who placed them there so the runes they connect you to the the silence they're the, they're the ones that are whispering in the silence and the stillness and the darkness and just like what what i was saying they're they're constantly revealing more about themselves in terms of what they bring forward um what they can teach us the stories they hold and in uh, in the nordic traditions the runes are you know, they're a massive part of the culture. Like anytime you watch any sort of like, it's funny, one of my clients messaged me the other day. She was reading Harry Potter and Hermione talks about the runes. She's like, oh my God, Hermione talks about the runes. It's like they are in different places. Um, but I see the runes as as beings. Mm-hmm. They're beings that you're you connect with and that are they live in the roots, they live in the dark. Mm-hmm. So when you start to work with runes, and I feel like this is also why you're drawn to the rune witch label because it's it's something that came to me. I tend to be kind of like I don't I don't overthink things. I've always been like this. And so people sometimes are like, well, you're really courageous to just like slap that name on. And I'm like, yeah, but it resonates and it really it feels true for me right now. Absolutely. And I'm okay with owning that and and almost like allowing my being to find its feet in that word. Absolutely. You
0: know what I mean? So, I, I do. Rockstar shaman. I do. Yeah. Sometimes we get
1: names and it's like, Ooh, shit. Okay. Like that was my response
0: as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. whole nother story. But yeah, I, I mean, these really speak to me. And I remember when you came over to do the spell casting and we hadn't even fully truly began. Um, and we were sitting on the couch and I don't even remember what I said after this. I just remember saying to you, I heard a whisper, da 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 da, yeah. da and you said that's the runes. The runes whisper, and I was like, oh, snap! <laughs> Here we go, you know. So I really have a liking for these beings. Yeah, yeah. And so, how would you typically um, do? You provide readings with the runes because for me, you had me pick a bag. You had two different bags with two different sets of runes, I believe. Yeah. And I selected the bag, and then I stuck my hand in there. I wasn't looking. I just fumbled around. Tuned in and just grabbed a handful, tossed them out on the couch, and uh, there was only one or two that came. There was upright. one
1: standing upright, which was Gar, right, and then I think there were four that were or five that were scattered like Gar. So you cast the runes, and Gar was standing upright closest to you, I think, on the left. Yes, and then towards the right, further away, in sort of like a asymmetrical circle. There was uh, Hagalaz, Awaz, um, Barkana, Stan, and I forgot who else was there, but, and for me, what I got was that, you know, Gar is oftentimes seen as the rune of, of beginnings, other times seen as the rune of endings, so like well why can't it be both Mm -hmm. why does it have to be one and so it was interesting that Gar was kind of front and center being like this is what's happening right now this is like what you are working with this what this is what's present and then behind the scenes and what's going on you don't need to know when they're placed down it's kind of like these are these are in that reading it's always different right but in that reading it was like these are you don't have to have your focus here, but these are kind of the things that are rumbling underneath the surface, Mm -hmm. which made sense because you've just moved to Austin. You and Luke are not in your home yet. Your home's being constructed and renovated. You're like, yes, that's occurring. Mm -hmm. So it's like those runes. And also, and like I said to you, it was like something's your business, there's changes, your books coming out, it's just, there's so much in flux. Mm-hmm. And so it was so beautiful that Gar was like representing the core of that. And then yeah. the other runes were kind of like dusted around with the, yeah, with the never smaller Yeah, i when
0: I tossed them and then you stood up till and you go, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a little unique. Almost all of them are turned face down. Okay, you, you know
1: you're having fun when you're making noises like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, so true. And so, if this is resonating on some deep level with someone, of course, like every path is different. But what is a starting point? Like, where do you start to dip your toe into if this word rune and the beings that we're talking about is like awakening something ancient into the listeners? What's a What's a step one?
1: Yeah, so. The biggest thing that I'm... Okay, so first of all, ancestor work is important for everyone. I I believe that. And I think that it's getting louder. And so I, you know, we all come from an ancestral land that has magic in it and has rituals. Like all of us, Mm -hmm. every single one of us does come from a land that is that has sacred ritual and magic
0: in it. Yeah, no matter where you no are, matter who you
1: are, where you are, what your story is, whether you were displaced, adopted, you know, removed, it's it's like it's a com it's the common theme for all beings. And so, I feel that the runes start to awaken that curiosity. They they work with the ancestors. So, I would say that if you are feeling curious about the runes, it is starting to to bring that conversation and that exploration forward. And it's funny because we always, we tend to want to make things happen really quickly. So people will be like, okay, I know that my ancestry is this. I want to get every book and find the teacher and learn everything. And the runes are slow moving and they don't work like that. So it's like the way that they've told me is like, this is lifetime work. And you're never an expert because you're always learning. And when you feel that you're an expert, you're going to realize that there's still more to learn. It's kind of like everything in life, right? But the runes really are very slow moving in that sort of capacity. So I would say that ancestry, just giving yourself, like following the breadcrumbs of what that means for you. Get, Get a set of runes. Like that's always you know, a great way to meet them is to actually have the physical representation of them. And then, you know, I always say, don't go and get a book and immediately start learning about them or Google like Eeyore. What is Eeyore? Because you're immediately stepping away from. It would be like if we were meeting and then I'd be like, hold on, Alison, let me just like read your bio. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And you'd be like, what do you mean? Like I'm right here, you know? So and it's the same thing with like Oracle and Tarot. We, we go here with so many things. We're like, wait, I need to know what this means now. Or when you see a hawk, it's like, what does a hawk mean? And it's like, give yourself some time to just be with the symbols. And what does this symbol represent to you? And what does this piece feel like? And spend a week with it. And, you know, that's, it's, the, the runes and the dark, they all teach this because in the dark, you can't see as well. So you can't just like run around looking for yeah. things. You have to slow down. And,
0: and really you, tune in yeah, and have... heighten other senses that have been laying dormant. Exactly. Mm.
1: Yeah. So Love the, this. this is, and, and this was like really important for me because I'm a cancer double Leo I'm a dragon I've got so much fire and I' the intensity thing and so the runes were like yo it's were you getting frustrated slow. yeah at first I was well it was more so like they they came at the perfect time because right. I had gone through that whole thing and at the ranch and stuff was happening after I was ready to slow down oh, That's, good. like Texas Texas did that yeah I hear the song Texas
0: Sun. Te- you know, Texas does slow you down. It does. People here do not send emails as fast as I do. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my You God. are
1: fast, actually, yeah.
0: I'm just like... I'm so used to New York I City, like it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, like I was a New Yorker for, for almost 16 years and I'm just like used to people just wheeling and dealing in that vortex that's in New York. Yeah. Anyone's been there. It is like intense, you know, and so here, if like two days pass, I'm like, oh my God, this is so unprofessional. This person <laughs> hasn't even emailed me back yet. And I'm like, wait, you're in Texas now. <laughs> Take a chill pill, you know, so I'm learning. I've only been I here know. two months, but I'm like, okay, it's different here. It is. It is.
1: <laughs> it's cool. I mean, I, I definitely. I I dabble both. Like I appreciate Perfect. that because I can also be kind of fast. And then, but then I think with myself and my own practice, I've embraced the, the slowness of the runes and the dark.
0: Yeah. And so where does someone purchase a set of runes? So
1: I feel there's like a store in Portland that I've sent everyone to. I feel like I'm going to get their stock. You should get
0: an affiliate (laughs) code
1: because she, I'm always like, Hey, I have someone else coming for your sets. Um, but I really like them because the, I love the woman who owns the store. She's great. And also she carries mostly the set of 33. Whereas a lot of the time you'll find the 24 set.
0: And the 33 includes the giants, right? 33 include the giants, which once you work with the giants,
1: you're like, oh no, you can't, you can't do this. Like, this doesn't work. You can't not have them. They're so fundamental and they're so powerful. And the other piece that Ingrid has taught me is that, you know, we know of 33 runes, but she's like, there's more. They just haven't been revealed. Mm. So there's, you know, there's it's just like- And there's that mystery. The richness again. Mm. I'm like, oh, tell me more. I'm going in. Love it. But the store is called Invoke PDX and yeah, I would say look for the set of 33 and then in terms of like the material, pay attention to what you're you're drawn to, what you feel called to. Because there's so many different like there, are, you know, there's like ones that are on different stones and crystals mm. or clay. Cool. You could even make your own. I've done that too where I've just you know, gotten a piece of paper and cut it up into 33 squares. If you're like not
0: sure about it yet, you're just playing, uh-huh. make your own set. I just had a flash vision come in. I think I've had, I don't know. I, okay, you had a set. I think I did. Yeah. And I, I just saw it in my mind. Is it like rose quartz or something. I don't, I, I see like a purpley color. Uh, yeah like a purpley blue. And I, I, I don't, I think they're somewhere else in the somewhere in the universe. Yeah. But I totally forgot about that until just now. So, okay. There's still two pages (laughs) of stuff I wanted to talk (laughs) with you about. And I'm realizing we've already been going for over an hour. We're like an hour and 10. So let me tune in again. One second, please. So let's talk spellcasting cool. because I know some of you who follow me on Instagram saw when Chloe came over, we did a bunch of stories because she brought all of her, ma- <laughs> well, not all, probably like a teeny dollop <laughs> of her magical tools to my place so we could do a spellcasting session because I really wanted to understand, because this is one of the offerings that you provide to yeah. people. And that one really stood out when I was doing my research. I was like, I think I was supposed to spell cast. Nice. And so, yeah, I would love, because I just could intuitively sense that my audience would take a liking to who you are, what you do, but specifically perhaps spells and spell casting And so I'll let you take the lead and then I'll maybe sprinkle in like, or we can talk about our personal session if that will help you explain it while simultaneously sharing a bit about what we did. But yes, because it's, and you even gave me, even though it was so full on and such a teacher and such a portal, it was more, and that's what I requested. Just give me an abbreviated version mm-hmm. because I didn't want you to have to like spend tons amounts of energy, but it's, it's a big process. It is. Yeah,
1: it is. It makes sense to me that people are so intrigued by it because I, like what we were talking about when we were together, it's like you're playing and it's such an interactive process and it's something that I think is so intriguing to people. But once you actually immerse in it, it is like I'd be interested to hear your experience, but it's very much it's very like it's welcoming and interactive and it allows you to um you know tangibly experience your own magic and and go into that space of imagination. And creativity and magic, right? It was
0: fun. Remember when I was like, I don't know why, I just keep laughing and yeah. smiling. It's just, yeah, really, I love that it evoked that feeling in me. As you were, you had your basket and you're bringing out like the rainbow options of candles and all these herbs and you know just all the witch stuff. And I was, I, I, it's yeah, I felt like a kid again. I was like, ooh, what are we gonna conjure today? And yeah.
1: So well, and spell casting can be. So it's so diverse in terms of like what you can do, what you're working with, what you're creating, what you bring forward. So I think it's very unique to each person. I've kind of assembled things through my experiences. Someone who really did teach me a lot about it is Karina Del pazo who is in uh, San Antonio, Texas. She's a really cool witch. And she does a lot of hoodoo work as well, which is where some of her. She's African, a Mexican, African Mexican, so she brings some really cool aspects, um, which I loved because again, it's like that richness and gives you more to play with. Um, but yeah, for me, with spell casting, it's like you're working with the elements and you're physically working with your divine support team and your spirit team to assist, witness, and Yes, yeah, support you in what it is that you're wanting to
0: create or release. Yeah, and it was beautiful. You know, because the theme of our session just just took on its own life and revealed, and and that was kind of all the parts did that. It just we let us be informed of the ride that was supposed to be taken. And when you got the candles out and you're like, all right, while I'm doing this, you tune it or like, tell me what colors are speaking to you. And I was like, okay, this one, oh, this one's talking loud. I can't ignore that one. Oh God, this one's yelling too. Okay. This one. And then I was like, okay, don't be greedy. Like stop. But then these other two, I think it was the green and the orange or yeah. gray, gray and orange. And I, and you were like, And then I think you picked up on that and you're like, I think, and I I was like, and then what about this one too? And I just, we ended up with seven different candles, but they were all truly speaking. Yeah. So we just let that happen. Yeah. And so you have your uh, tray. Yeah. I just use
1: like a baking tray and I put foil and I said it like several times. So like fire safety is really important because with spells, you are working with the elements, you're working with spirit. So things can happen. So you do want to be prepared for that, but yeah. And then, you know, what I usually will do is I'll fix the candle. So we choose the elements, we choose the colors. What are we working with? What are we bringing in? Are we bringing in? And it's always different, right? Maybe we're bringing in some crystals. Maybe there's something like a feather or, you know, everything is, everything kind of comes together based on what your heart is telling you in that moment and what, what you're working on in that practice. So then you fix your candles, which is you're anointing them. You're, if you're using herbs or any sort of herb mixture, then you also will roll them in the herb. And I love, we were writing on yeah. them. So you write, you write on the candles, which is, you can do, I love doing that because it's just, you're, wor- you're using the word, word you're using first, your own energy is, literally being carved into the candle but you're also working with word magic right which is part of the spell which is
0: spelling yeah exactly exactly
1: (laughs) it's like whenever uh I always say to clients like when you speak you're casting spells so be present to what you're saying Mm -hmm. so yeah that's all part of the fixing fixing the candle and then when you light it you know again there's so many things you can do you can call in your guides you can Um, set the scene, you can put music, you can play music um, based on whatever you feel called to. I think
0: one big question that I'm not the only one who has it is, can you spell cast wrong? Because, you know, you were like, okay, we're calling in things. So write upwards on the candle. Yeah. yeah. And then we're, we're also clearing out. So then we're going to do this. And so it's like, it can be very intricate.
1: Yeah. I think that like with anything when as soon as we feel like we could do something wrong it can it can be problematic because then we're engaging with fear energy right and I do know some people that manifest down and clear up so mm. you know it's kind of like as you go through the different sort of groups of um practices or cultures like people have different ways of doing th- different things things differently and they sometimes contrast. So I think it's less about the actual getting it wrong and more so allowing yourself to trust what feels right because that's the energy that you're right? It's like yes. the universal law of correspondence and cause and effect. It's like what what are you putting into this? If you are like Putting it down and you're like, oh, this could be wrong. Yeah. Then you're already you're you're bringing that energy. It reminds
0: yourself. me of one of my favorite quotes: "Make a decision and make it right. Like whatever you yes. decide, make that correct. Right. <laughs> and that's it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and you know, only because of time, you know, we're giving such a, a like way shorter uh, explanation than what I anticipated being able to do. But I mean, this might work for the greatest good of all, because this is something you provide. Mm-hmm. And if this is speaking to people, then they can go to your website and like find you on Instagram and things and have their very own spell casting done. And it was cool because, you know, once we got everything set up and, you know, did the anointing and rubbing the herbs on the candles and then you know, started to light the candles. Then there's that other beautiful process of like watching the flame and watching the smoke and watching which one burns slow or fast. And then, and then how the wax gathers because you let them burn completely down. You know, it's a mini hour process. And then I sent you a video and picture of how the different colors of the wax and, and, and I saw it after I sent you the picture. And you're like, the first thing I saw was a witch holding dark and light. Yeah. And then I looked, and I'm like, there she is. I saw it <laughs> clear as day. Yeah. And I forget when the messaging, I forget what question you asked me. And I said something like, I feel this is not, not to label it as like a full initiation for me, but the witch inside of me was... Coming more alive. There was something specific occurring in that spellcasting session. Mm-hmm. I remember saying that to you, and then the wax melted many hours later, and the, the vision in the wax was that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, and and the the balance and all yeah,
1: that. and it is very personal. Like the spellcasting sessions are so personal and intimate, and there's like what you you know. I I messaged you after and was like telling you kind of aspects, but it was like, there's so much that we can get from one spell, right? There's so many elements in terms of what it gives you, what to pay attention to. It's in the experience. It's what you allow. It's what you allow to bring forward and how it's the simplicity of letting that become something greater. Mm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. And it really, um, it, you know, conjured a lot for me, truly, literally. I, just had so many awarenesses. My dreams were different. I remember waking up the next morning with like these clear as day awarenesses and realizations. And I messaged you and I'm like oh my gosh I'm connecting so many dots and I love it it's uh yeah it was really powerful I highly recommend it and I can't wait to do another one and like maybe the next one we're like sitting on the ground yeah and
1: you're on your on your land on the land yeah Yeah. for sure
0: it's really juicy though so yeah I um, loved doing
1: it with you and it's 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 powerful when the person, cause it's all about you. It's, it's the emotion that you bring forward. And the minute I walked into your home, I could feel like you were like so ready to, to engage in, in the process, mm-hmm. right? Like you were, your heart was so open. You were very vulnerable. It was like, oh, she's primed and ready. This is great.
0: <laughs> yeah. right? And that
1: made a huge difference because you could mm-hmm. see that you, you engaged and interacted with it. And that's what that's what the magic is the magic is the elements and you are the element too right you're you're the the water of the you know the emotion and what you bring into the spell is what actually allows the magic to activate
0: that makes sense. Yeah, it was really vulnerable. And um, yeah, and I, I was yeah already conjuring and working with that could feel the bigness of it. I had cleared the space. You walked in, you're like, did you already clear? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm ready to know. <laughs> Let's get on in here. So I always put everyone's Instagram handles and website um, in the show notes. But what is your website? It's www.channeledbychloe.com. Channeledbychloe.com. Cool. So You're just gonna have to find out for yourself uh, what spellcasting really is because we still have a few listener questions. I would feel so bad if we didn't get to these because, you know, I promoted it on Mm. Instagram. Um, Sometimes I do that, you guys. So, you know, if you ever want to have your question answered, by all these different types of guests that I have I do recommend you going to at I am Alice and Charles because sometimes I will put up a post that says hey I have this rune witch and psychic medium coming on do you have a question for her so um, a few came in so I'll let you kind of I brought r-
1: my runes just in case I feel inspired oh, to pull runes for it
0: beautiful I love that Okay, so I'll read you the question and then just you do your thing. Cool. Uh, So the first one actually comes. She wanted to remain anonymous. Okay. And she says, I'm in an amazing relationship with a wonderful man. I'm treated like a queen. I'm almost 39 and he is 58. He's willing to give me kids, but the only issue is he travels so much for work and I'm not sure I'm okay with it. And even though he could retire now, he loves what he does, so I don't want to stop him from doing that. Mm. Is he the one for me? We've only been together nine months, and we both are mature and honoring. We don't want to waste each other's time. So basically, they've been having these conversations, and it seems like they're handling it from a high level already of like, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. Like, these are my concerns. Like, what do you think? So they've already been feeling in and what feels like a really healthy way. Mm -hmm. Um, and they've talked about, she wants to be clear with him on this decision by July. So she says any suggestions would help. So I think even if you just have any little threads of insight, it would support them in getting clearer.
1: What's the, what's the, decision that she wanted is...
0: Is he the one for me? Like, should... Like, even though he travels a lot and right. that's not her favorite thing, right? there's so much greatness mm. about the relationship. he He's wonderful. He treats her like a queen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have a really great time together. She's concerned about him traveling so much and she does want kids, which he's willing okay, to so do. Okay. So it's the
1: kids piece. I was trying... I was like, there's something. Yeah. So... It's the, the first thing that they're showing is like two big pillars. They're like really big structures. And I feel like they represent her and him. And I do feel that there's, you know, it's, it's like they, they both stand. Like if you, if you think about a big structure, it's not going to bend. It's not going to knock over or fall over. Right. So I feel that sort of energy for both of them which I can understand why there's a conflict because it feels like he is who he is. I am who I am. And can we like blend our energies, I guess. And can we exist together? Um, So I pulled the rune Issa and Issa uh, talks about the ice melting and how when the ice melts, deeper truths and, and more is revealed. So for me, what I get is that, is that I can feel like she wants to make a decision. And what I feel is that the decision might not be able, she might not be able to make the decision as fast as she wants to, because there might be some things that change in the energy between the two of them in terms of, you know, what he wants and what she wants. Like, I, I feel like at, there's could be something that, you know, there's more that will come in over the next couple of months. That's going to change the energies a little bit. So I would say, um, there's like, if you think about a tree, it's very strong, but it does still move like trees move with the wind. There's something about not, not being more flexible, but allowing allowing something to be revealed around what might be available for them in this Mm. relationship together. Like I don't feel it's a yes or no Mm -hmm. sort of, um, answer.
0: Beautiful. She, uh, seems pretty tapped in. So I think that that will, that will be a beautiful suggestion for her. Awesome. So let's see. Okay. This one's interesting. This is from at studio number seven, LLC, Underscore. <laughs> <laughs> I feel there is a past life where I was punished for being a spiritual healer that is yet to be healed and believe this is preventing me from stepping forward in my sole purpose as a healer in this lifetime, as if I will be punished if I make money as a spiritual worker. Can you shed light into what this past life may be so I can move forward? Thank you. Mm. It's interesting that she specifically went to that one piece that like ties in if she makes money as a spiritual worker, that it would be detrimental or something that it's like that specific fear.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, I feel, I felt like an arrow piercing the heart. Mm. It's like, there's this work is really um, important for her. It's like her heart's work. And I think that, Mm. I think there's, you know, it's, it's kind of like when we sabotage ourselves because we're scared. There's something that we're scared to do. There's fear involved. So I would say, I mean, I think there's work to do for her around this, this piece that feels so um, present around not being able to step forward and not being able to, uh, to work with a a greater energy around expansion and a greater energy around success. Because it's, they're not separate. Like spiritual work isn't separate from money. And that's something that is really important for her. I feel like, keep feeling like barbed wire. Like it's a really hard place to be. It's something that creates a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And yeah, it it feels really important that she does this work because again, like it's, she needs to stop wounding herself around this, being doing this work and not allowing herself to step into it she needs to open her own gate is what they're showing
0: and get to the root and face the fears around like if she makes money as a spiritual healer then what like yeah. fill in the blank and just keep going into those spaces yeah
1: and this comes up a lot with um because I think with spirituality there's been that the lack mentality of like I if I'm in service I have to, I can't ask for money I can't ex- I can't receive money because then it what's the word it it like taints the work and that's not true that's coming from a very religious I would say conditioning that separates different aspects of spirituality and energy like mm-hmm. different forms of energy so in this case money so it's like learning that money is, is just, is an intangible energy. It's something that is formless and then it comes into form. And then when it's, I mean, I find money to be such a massive space of growth because it's, because it's something we engage with every single day. And when you start to do money work and look at what are my thoughts around money? What are my beliefs around money? What is my mom's relationship with money? What is my dad's relationship with money? When I spend money, when I receive money, when I gift money, how do I feel? What's that relationship? That's going to give you so much. And you need to receive for your work. Mm-hmm. That's It's an exchange, right? And when you, in spiritual work, it's such a massive space of giving that if you're not receiving, you will burn out. You have to receive. And that's obviously not just with money, but money is one way.
0: Yeah, and and the
1: energy is changing around that, so it is. It's important to that it. It's important for her to do that.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if this will help at all, but I started to investigate. You know, the energy of money somewhat recently. It's been a really ongoing, beautiful opening um, understanding of the relationship for me, in terms of myself with money my whole life as well and I now understand the money I work with I call divine money because I've met the energetics of it and it's also you know I've put in so much work with myself I trust myself I know that when large sums of money come my way I know I have the tools and skill set to understand how to hold it and use it and work with it and I also trust myself how to also generously give back. Like there are certain causes and charities and organizations that I really believe in that I regularly give to. And I also like to support friends and family, you know, just I'm in a place of really gaining trust around the energetics and the ebb and the flow and the give and the take. And yeah, I think maybe if you start to view money as divine money and it's this currency, it's this living, breathing, moving energy and, and talking and, and, Trusting yourself, how you will use it.
1: Well, currency connects to frequency, right? The same sort of word. So money is just a, it's an energy, just like
0: when you're connecting to a frequency of something. So it is something that Beautiful. you want to work with. Beautiful. So what I've decided, and I also, I made this decision and then I got confirmation from the energies. Like one big category that felt really important for us to get into was the darkness. Yeah. But I'm just going to have to have you back on. Hooray! (laughs) Because that's a portal that is so big. Huge. And I want us to, you know, honor Honor it it. appropriately. And there were also so many other questions that came in. Yeah. So if your question wasn't answered, um, you're just going to have to be patient. (laughs) Let the runes guide you. and Sit in the silence in the
1: darkness.
0: Yeah. And um, we're going to have to peer back into the darkness on uh, the next episode that you come on. Awesome. So now we will voyage into the ceremony time. Hooray. And I just let it be up to you. So I don't know what you're going to do for us, but I am ready. Yay.
1: Well, and I I like to stay open and I, I was really sitting with your audience this morning and like, what does everyone need? Um, so, and one of the things that I was getting is to, to feel our own protection, our innate protective systems, and, you know, to connect to the, the strength that we all hold in ourselves. So I wanted to quickly start with... So my mom's a choir teacher. Mm. So I grew up learning that I had to sing. <laughs> and that yeah, you have every, a good voice. Thank you. Yeah, and um, my mom basically taught my brother and I and everyone that was in choir all of our friends were made to join choir and it was like everyone can everyone can sing and they'd be like Mrs. Algar I can't swing you're joining choir and you're bloody singing you know it was like no one had a choice
0: you're bloody singing yeah
1: she's from Windsor in England so she really does sound like that I love it so and when I when I say I mean I sing all the time because it's one of my favorite ways to get into my body and ted andrews i don't know if you know yeah Yeah. i have the book yeah so he has a practice where you work with the vowels to activate and open your this the parts that you know the parts of your body i don't even know how to say this but it's just like to open yourself up Mm -hmm. to open your physical form so i wanted to start with that because i felt it would be a good thing to do so if you feel like you can't sing, you can, and no one cares and no one's listening. And this is just about you connecting to your voice Mm. and everyone's voice is unique. And there's a reason for that. There's a vibration of your voice that is meant for you and it's healing for you. Right? So when we sing, ourselves, we're activating our own healing.
0: Absolutely. I attest to that. When I sit at my altar every morning, I just let the the chants and songs that come out, they just appear. Yeah. And
1: that happened when I was with you. I'm like, there's a song coming in and we just have to sing. Yeah. So um, I'll just do it a couple times and you can follow through. But we go from E, A, O, U. E is for our head and our, the, you know, the top of our head, the back of our skull and just kind of our neck, ah resonates with the chest, the heart, the lungs and your upper abdomen. O is your abdomen and that just opens up like your whole abdominal cavity. And then U is your uh, root chakra, your groin down to your legs and your feet. So, and it's helpful just to think about that as you're singing the sounds because you can feel the vibration and where it li- where it lives in your body. Cool. So
0: oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like warming up. Oh my god, I love it. Beep 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 beep. Okay. No, <laughs>
1: I'm that. Sorry. No, it's great because we're we're being playful. There's nothing serious here. So trust <laughs> me, it's all good. Be-be-be-be-be-be. <laughs> okay, so.
0: He ah oh you. He ah oh you. He ah oh you. He ah oh you. He ah oh you.
1: two more times. A A little slower. So I just want to take us through a quick visualization, keeping your eyes closed if they're closed. If not, you're welcome to close them. Now that we're in our bodies, I want you to visualize that you are a beautiful oak tree. So in whatever way you can visualize or imagine or connect to the energy of an oak tree, see if you can allow yourself to picture a beautiful old oak tree standing in a garden. The thing about oak trees is that they are known historically and talked about in a lot of sacred scripture because they are known as very wise and resilient and strong. They're some of the oldest trees that stand on our land, on the planet. So just visualizing this beautiful oak tree... Connecting to the presence and the energy of it. What does it feel like? Activating all of your senses, feeling the vibration of singing and how it is opened up your channels. What do you hear? What do you see? What can you feel? What do you know? The beauty of connecting to any of nature is that it immediately teaches us how to be in the silence and the stillness so beginning at the top of the oak tree, high up in the branches connecting to the sun, allowing the light of the sun to permeate through your crown as you visualize the top of this oak tree and its incredible, intricate branches that sit out in the sun, sunbathing. And as you begin to travel down this oak tree, connecting to her wisdom and her stories that she holds in her being, What do you notice? What does she have for you to know today? Thinking about how much this oak tree has witnessed as it stood there for hundreds of years, being who it is, providing home and shelter, for other beings, withstanding storms, hurricanes, and tornadoes, feeling its strength in your own body, and continuing to travel down through the trunk of the oak tree. One of the amazing things about trees is that they have their own innate protective system inside of them. The bark protects them from storms and pests. Protecting its inner heartwood. Feeling that within yourself. Knowing that your own body and your own being has its own natural form of protection. That you don't have to do anything to activate it. It simply already is in who you are. Traveling down the trunk of this oak tree into the ground under the surface of the ground into the roots. The incredible thing about oak trees is that their roots go as deep as this tree stands tall. And again, their roots are part of their innate protection and survival system. It's what makes them so resilient. And as you connect to the roots of this oak tree, thinking about your own roots... How deep do they go? Where do they go? How do they feel? I'm going to give you a minute to sit here in the roots of this oak tree where your ancestors live. And allow yourself to just be in the stillness and the silence, to meet the silence, noticing how it's dark with your eyes closed, realizing that this darkness is actually a place that you go to every night when you fall asleep. Just spend a minute here and see if there's anything that your ancestors have for you today to know. Taking a moment to give thanks to this tree and the ancestors. Maybe taking note of how nice and peaceful it feels in this stillness and silence. And then traveling back up the roots, following the light towards the surface, and returning to your body. And the sound of the bell.
0: Yay. Welcome back. <laughs> Tune in, Tokyo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I just, I love because of your embodiment and the work that you've done, you just open up such a place of... Um, Ability to be more expansive and vulnerability with vulnerability yeah. than previously. Yeah, totally. It's really great. Thank um, you. Yeah. And it was making me smile and laugh because of our conversation when you came over how you were like, you're a tree, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. um, and in terms of, especially when it comes to my shamanic medicine and the shaman that I am, and how, you know, a tree. And, and maybe I can let you explain it, but a tree serves so many different purposes. And so for some creatures, it's, you know, a, a protector and a guide and a, you know, a friend. And then for other beings. Shelter. Yeah. I mean, it's,
1: you know, it can be a place. I mean, it's a place where um, nourishment is for other beings. I mean, it's a place that navigation for birds to you know pl- uh, build nests it's home I mean it's just so many different things yeah
0: and how with my shamanism for some it really you know invites a lot of a lot of people in and they can feel the force that I am and they can feel the wisdom that I embody and they can feel how. I am able to keep my head up and head held high and I am able to stand tall and strong because I have done so much root work. Yes. And I've gone to the root, 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 root root of things. And so I I have that, but like a tree that is of service in all different ways, there are also some who, how how would you describe it? Like um, the teachings they receive from... My embodiment and who I am may strike them in a in a way that's not comfortable for Mm -hmm. them. And um, they may not like me.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's just like how some people really like magnolia trees and some people like oak trees and some people like palm trees. It's like the resonance, but you still get the oak tree is always going to be the oak tree. The oak tree is not going to all of a sudden be like, I'm going to be a palm tree. So you're going to get what you need from the oak tree and every being is multifaceted. And so you get what you need, you know, just kind of how like we nourish ourselves. And when we eat something, we get the nutrients that our body needs and what our body doesn't need, we just discard in ways that we don't need to talk about. The other thing about trees is that, especially, I mean, with all trees is that their roots are what keep them alive. They are what nurture them. And with oak trees, one of the reasons why they live so long is because their roots go as deep and as wide as their branches. And so, you know, like a mass, like a, I'm the worst with the uh, measurements. Yeah. So I'm just going to say a really, really, really tall tree. The roots are as deep as it is high. It's like, that's incredible. That's why oak trees are, have the.
0: They can withstand the storms. They can
1: withstand. That's why in the South, they're so big and so you know, widespread because they, uh, withstand the tornadoes, the hurricanes. And if they stand really tall in, into the sky, into the light, they're more likely to get struck by lightning. Right. Which I always find. I that's, I'm just like, I, I feel like so geeky around stuff like that, where it's like, whenever there's a message or a meaning that you can get from nature. I'm just like eating that for breakfast, lunch,
0: and dinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the message that the oak tree gave me, just keep being love, just keep Mm -hmm. being love, just keep being love, just keep being love. And exactly what we were describing about me as the shaman tree, you know, even though I know as a medicine woman, some of what I transmit out Um, I know it's all of service, but sometimes that being of service can be very uncomfortable when someone receives a certain medicine transmission. And so even if it might spark up a projection or a pain body or a trigger, that person attempts to send my way, you know, I just, no matter what I trust in the transmissions, I trust in the medicine that I am and that I'm here on a mission to be, and so no matter what the medicine evokes in a person, Mm -hmm. no matter what the reaction or response, I just keep being love. Yeah. Just keep being love. Absolutely.
1: I pulled a rune really quickly. I was like, what's a rune for everyone? And I pulled, and Quareth is known as the rune of fire and ice. So it talks about creation and destruction. So I don't know. I feel like that's just like very powerful for all of us because it's, the this creation destruction polarity energy and how that's the force that is what um, you know it's like the the polarity of what creates we need that fire and ice to create so
0: yes 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 and so yeah anytime any of the the triggery or pain body ish things you know attempt to get sent my way I sit in the appreciation of duality yeah. and of polarity and of light and dark and of the allness. Yes. (laughs) So good. Oh, my gosh. What a beautiful episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was so fun.
1: Yeah, I really enjoy it. And uh, it's beautiful to work with you because it's nice to work with someone who's not planned and is literally like, oh, what's going on? Like I'm like, oh, great. Okay, yeah, I can chill.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yes, I know. I, I, I really relish in the... I I think I touched on in a previous episode, you know, before my awakening, I I was a radio and TV host for many years. And so to be witness now many years post-awakening, how interviews function so differently. Yeah. It was shaman me verse, like not awakened yet me. And I so love this way because it's just, it's, yeah, it's playful. exactly. So, well, thank you um, for any of you uh, called to explore Chloe and her offerings more. Just head to the show notes in your book. Coming out soon. Yeah, a couple a couple weeks, like 3 to 4 weeks. So by the time this comes out, I'll probably be right at the time that your book is out. Amazing. So what's the name of it? So, we haven't
1: uh, we haven't shared it on Instagram, but I'll share it here. It's called Revealed by Darkness.
0: Mm, oh. Yes. So we got the reveal of the name. Yes. Oh, that's so huge. We've revealed honor.
1: the name and it's revealed by darkness.
0: Revealed by darkness. And it's a
1: psychic memoir. So it's all of all of it.
0: Yeah, it's great. I really love your storytelling. Thank and you. I really enjoyed diving into that. I was like, oh, she's also a good writer.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah. So honoring all of you who joined us, who leaned into this incredible magic that we all co-conjured and co-created today and honoring you, Chloe, for your dedication, all the work you've put in, all the places you've gone within yourself to be the embodied spirit that you are and honoring me for my willingness to just keep being loved. I love it. To just keep being loved. Yay. So I will close the circle with a few little boldings. And so it is.
1: And so it is.
0: Woo, what a powerful voyage that was. It is just my greatest honor. It brings me so much joy and activates and lights up my soul to be able to sit with these incredible, embodied, true spiritual masters and leaders from all over the world. I ask that you please, if you feel called, continue to support them and their work in whatever way that feels aligned for you, please go to my website where all the show notes are listed, www.allisoncharles.com. That's www.allysoncharles.com so that you can access their direct links to their website and social media platforms and additional information about. Remember what makes Ceremony Circle so unique is that at the end of every single episode, as you just experienced, we immerse in a powerful ceremony, ritual, invocation, prayer, spiritual song, some sort of activation that the guest feels called to offer on that day. So listen to your intuition. If at any point moving forward, you feel called to come back and re-immerse in this guided ceremonial experience, do so. Because I guarantee every single time you experience it, you will receive a new medicine transmission, a new awareness, a new awakening aspect within your soul. It has been an honor voyaging with you, Please keep the Ceremony Circle community vibes growing and activating. Find me on Instagram at I am Alison Charles, And let me know how you enjoyed this episode. Let me know how you are creating your own sacred Ceremony Circle space. Tag those in your soul fam who are immersing in the Ceremony Circle episodes and experiences with you. And let's unite in the next episode coming out next week so we can continue to activate the consciousness energies of planet Earth and the universes.